0: You're listening to a sermon preached at Cross and Crown in Melbourne. We believe that God speaks through the Bible and he calls us to preach the word in season and out of season. We pray that as you listen, you'll be strengthened to know, love and live for Jesus. Here at Cross and Crown, we believe that the Bible is God's word to us and when we read the bible we are hearing god speak today's bible reading is taken from second timothy chapter 2 verses 1 to 13. so i'll be reading from the csb version Um, please follow along in your own bibles and the passage will also be displayed on the screen you therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in christ jesus what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses Commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of civilian life. He seeks to please the commanding officer. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer ought to be the first to get a share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead and descended from David, according to my gospel, for which I suffer to the point of being bound like a criminal. But the word of God is not bound. This is why I endure all things for the elect, so that they also may obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This saying is trustworthy, for if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself.
1: A few months ago, I watched a movie called The Old Quiet on the Western Front. It's a, it's a great movie, it's on Netflix, but it's slightly intense. It's set in World War I, and it's about a young boy who signs up to war with his friends. And there's this one iconic scene The boy is in the trenches with his platoon. Their faces are dusted with ash, and they haven't slept for days. They're looking towards the enemy's side, but there's a fog clouding their view. Then slowly, they hear the sound of creaking and turning. Then out of the fog, a tank begins rolling out. The tanks fire, his captain dies. Within minutes, half his platoon is wiped out, and the other half begins running away. The boy sees his friends begin to run. And so he runs as well. He runs because he was afraid. I know none of us can really personally relate with World War I. There's no tanks rolling down Glen Waverly. We're pretty safe in Australia. But we can relate with the fear, can't we? In Melbourne, there's a growing hostility against Christians. And as the hostility grows... So does a fear. You know what's pretty sad? I'm still low-key afraid of reading the Bible, one-to-one in public, so I'll always pick the emptiest cafe. I've become afraid of the question, what do you do for a living? Because I'm afraid they're going to say, really? You work for a church? For Timothy, there's also a growing hostility, and he's scared. The Apostle Paul sent his young protégé Timothy to fix an Ephesian church full of issues. In 1 Timothy chapters 4 and 5, there are people teaching and following the doctrine of demons. Fast forward a few years, the church is still a mess. In 2 Timothy chapters 2 and 3, we see there are false teachers ruining the faith of others and evil men deceiving the vulnerable. And as if things couldn't get worse, Paul is now in prison awaiting execution. And all of Timothy's co-workers have run away out of shame. Like the boy in the movie, the tanks are rolling out. His captain is gone, and his friends are running away. So he's scared. So Paul writes a letter to encourage him. And if you're a note-taker, write this down because here's the heart of Paul's encouragement. If you suffer for Christ, you will reign with Christ. Suffer for Christ, reign with Christ. Therefore, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And Paul shows us three ways of how to be strong. To commit the gospel, suffer for the gospel, Remember Jesus. Let's begin with the first way of being strong. To commit the gospel. Remember, all of Timothy's co-workers have run away. In chapter 1, verse 15, Paul says, All those in the province of Asia have deserted me, including phygellus and Hermogenes, But nesophorus was not ashamed of my chains. Everyone except for Onesiphorus, saw Paul's chains and were ashamed of the gospel. So they deserted him. Timothy is all alone and scared. And in verse 2, Paul says to commit the gospel to faithful men who can teach others also. You might be thinking, why would that be an encouragement? Paul is saying commit the gospel to faithful men because That's why Paul sent Timothy there. He was sent to fix the issues in the Ephesians church by appointing godly elders who can teach the gospel. Like a relay race, Paul is saying to Timothy, here's the gospel and now run and give it to the elders. And then the elders to the church. And then the church to each other. Paul is telling Timothy to commit the gospel because the Ephesians need to be transformed by the gospel. It's only through the gospel that they can be a church marked by godly love. So they need all hands on deck. They need everyone to commit the gospel to each other. And it's no different for us, is it? We all need the gospel as well. Church, we've received the gospel. Will you pass the gospel on to others? If you're discipling someone, will you train and implore them to pass on the gospel? And if you're being discipled, will you take the first step to disciple someone else? I know it can be scary. Four years ago, I was asked to read with James Way, and I didn't feel ready enough. I didn't know my Bible well enough. I wasn't golly enough. But if you're someone like me, you'll never feel ready enough. But take the first step. Ask a trusted person how to disciple someone. Be strong and commit the gospel. The second way Paul tells Timothy to be strong is to suffer for the gospel. Paul knows committing the gospel leads to suffering. Paul's in prison for the gospel, and he knows that Timothy will probably share in his fate. But instead of telling Timothy to Protect himself, look after yourself. Paul tells him in verse 3 to share in suffering, to join him in suffering. But why does Paul suffer for the gospel? Look at chapter 1, verses 10 to 12. Jesus has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. For this gospel, I was appointed a herald, apostle, teacher, and that is why I suffer these things. The world's under judgment because of our rebellion against God. But in his hand, we see that Paul holds the power to bring life and hope to the world. How? In verse 10, through the gospel. I can imagine Paul saying, so, what are a few years in prison compared to what others will face without God? What is death compared to eternal life to come? The gospel's worth suffering for. Paul then shows Timothy three pictures of suffering. In each picture, you see a person, an attitude, and a reward. The first picture is to suffer like a soldier. Look at chapter 2, verses 3 to 4. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of civilian life. He seeks to please the commanding officer. How does a soldier suffer? By not getting entangled in the concerns of this life. By being focused. What's the reward that the soldier receives? The pleasure of his officer. The second picture is to suffer like an athlete. In verse 5, Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. How does an athlete suffer? By competing according to the rules, by being honorable. What's the reward? Receiving a crown. The third picture is to suffer like a farmer. In verses 6, the hard-working farmer ought to be the first to get a share of the crops. How does a farmer suffer? By being hardworking? What's the reward? A share of the crops. So let me summarize that for us. Paul tells Timothy to suffer like a soldier, athlete, and farmer. The attitudes are to be focused, honorable, and hard-working. And the reward is the pleasure of his officer, a crown, and a share of the crops. Today, I just want to focus on one of the pictures. As a church, I think many of us are hardworking. I see our commitment to disciple others. As a church, I think many of us are honorable. We compete not according to our rules, but according to God's rules. But I wonder if our danger It's a loose focus. In July this year, a Singaporean man was sentenced to jail for deserting his national service. You can imagine it, right? You're in a humid jungle. You're forced to run while carrying a heavy gun and sleep in a hole that you dug with your blistered hands. And then suddenly a plane flies above you and you began imagining a holiday to Europe. For that man, the pull was so strong, he fled to the UK. But for every other soldier in the platoon, they remained focused on their post. Suffering like a soldier is saying no to the things that tempt us away from our mission. It's a soldier saying no to the temptation to leave his post. An athlete saying no to the temptation of eating junk food. A worker saying no to temptation of playing video games while working from home. If you've been part of Cross and Crown for a while now, you know our mission is to reach this world to know, love, and live for Jesus. Since my first day here, I have been saying yes and amen to that mission. But you know what's ironic? A few years ago, Adam called me while I was driving, and he goes, hey bro, Uh, Just flying a kite, have you ever considered full-time gospel ministry? My immediate reaction, no chance. No way, I am not doing that. If I did full-time ministry, could I even still buy a house, travel the world, live comfortably? Nah, no chance. Not worth it. But I remember someone telling me, it's not really a question about ministry. It's a question about everyday discipleship. Being a disciple of Jesus means untangling ourselves and following him, whether that leads us into ministry or not. Can I offer a few suggestions as to how this world might entangle us? Maybe it's financial security. It's difficult to consider ministry or to be generous to others because we want to buy a house or build up our investments. Maybe we bought into this world's lie that there's only one life to live, so we think more about the next holiday, or the next big experience, rather than how we can be committing the gospel to others. Or maybe it's dating someone who's not a Christian. You know the gospel is our greatest treasure, but yet they don't think it's true. Rather than fanning our flame for the gospel, it becomes stifled. And cold. Paul tells all of us to untangle ourselves and focus our gaze on Jesus. To be strong and suffer like a soldier. But is this, is all this suffering really worth it? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Remember the suffer, Remember the pattern of suffering a reward. Suffer like a soldier, athlete, and farmer. Receive. Uh, The pleasure of the officer, a crown, and a share of the crops. So the big question then is, what's the reward? I don't think it's three separate rewards, but rather I think it's one reward. It's the pleasure of Jesus. It's when Jesus places the crown on your head. In chapter 4, verses 7 to 8, Paul says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. There is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, but to all those who have loved his appearing. So why would you suffer and go through all that hardship just for the pleasure of one person, just for the pleasure of Jesus? The same reason a soldier would die at battle out of love for his country. The same reason why my parents migrated to Australia out of love for me and my sister. The same reason Jesus suffered for us out of love for you and me. We suffer for Jesus because we love him. And because we love him, his pleasure is the greatest treasure we could ever receive. So be strong and suffer for the gospel. The third way Paul tells Timothy to be strong is to remember Jesus. Remember Jesus. I was cooking a few months ago, and I knocked over a glass bottle. And so I tried catching the bottle, but instead I burnt my hand against the pan. My mind went blank, and my only thought was, what do I do? What do I do? I forgot that running the burn under cold water would make the pain go away. When we commit the gospel and are burnt by suffering, it's so easy for us to forget what to do. What do we do when we're shamed by our parents for following Jesus? What do we do when we're branded as hateful by our colleagues? But like a burn, we need to remember to run it under cold water. We need to remember Jesus and the pain of suffering will wash away Look at verse 8. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead and descended from David. Remember that Jesus was the prophesied king that would save his people. A king that defeated death and now reigns over creation. Even when we suffer for the gospel, Jesus is in control. Paul believed that. You can see that in verse 9. According to my gospel for which I suffer to the point of being bound like a criminal, but the word of God is not bound. Paul writes to Timothy, I might be in chains, but the word of God isn't. I might be weak, but the word of God is powerful. Paul knew that with the word, God created this universe. And with the word of God, with the gospel, he can transform this world to know, love, and live for Jesus. Even your parents who might be ashamed of you even your colleagues who brand you as hateful. Paul knows that God is powerful to save, and that's why he can say, This is why I endure all things for the elect, so that they also may obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Even when we suffer for the gospel, Jesus is in control, and he will save his people. Paul then ends this section with a trustworthy saying. He starts with an encouragement. In verse 11, if we died with him, we'll also live with him. If we endure, we'll also reign with him. Do you hear what he's saying? He's saying, remember, you've already died with Jesus. He uses the past tense, died, because it's already happened. When Jesus died on the cross, so did we. And in the same way he defeated death and is alive again, so will we. We share in his spiritual reality. And verse 12 shows that we also share in his glory. Remember the heart of Paul's encouragement? This is where it comes from. If you suffer for Christ, you'll reign with Christ. Suffer for Christ, reign with Christ. Our salvation has been secured by Jesus. He reigns over creation, and He is in control. So we can endure suffering, not without hope, but knowing that He's already won the battle. Pause for a second and picture this. Suffer suffer for Christ, and when He returns, you will see Him in all His glory. On your left and right will be the brothers and sisters you committed the gospel to. Upon your brow will set the crown of righteousness And all the pain and suffering and burdens of this world will wash away when he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. And you will reign with him for eternity. If you suffer for Christ, you will reign with Christ. Therefore, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The saying begins with an encouragement. But ends with a warning. In verse 13, if we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. It's an echo of the warning Jesus gives in uh, Matthew chapter 10 Whoever denies me before others, I will also deny him before my Father in heaven. It's a warning that carries Heavy consequences. But Paul's not talking about Timothy right now. He's talking about the false teachers in the Ephesian church. In chapter 2, verse 14, Paul tells Timothy to remind them of these things and then lists out how their teachings ruin the faith of others. If you look at the end end of verse 13, you might think that Paul's giving encouragement. If we are faithless, He remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. You might think that Paul is saying that Jesus will be faithful to his promise to forgive our sins when we waver. True, but I don't think that's what Paul was trying to say. Rather, Paul was warning them that if they are faithless, Jesus is faithful. That is, faithful to deny them. Why? Why? because he cannot deny himself in his own character of justice if they turn their back on jesus jesus will turn their back his back on them in verses 25 to 26 we see paul's motivation behind this warning perhaps god will grant them repentance leading them to the knowledge of the truth then they may come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive To do his will. Paul wants Timothy to remind them of these things so that they would come back to Jesus. You might be someone sitting here thinking about giving up on God. Maybe the world promises better things. Or maybe you just don't have the time anymore. Don't give up on him. Like the Apostle Paul. Let me remind you of Jesus. Jesus is returning. Heaven and hell are real. And one day we'll all stand before him and give an account for the way we lived our life. And on that day, will you reign with him or will he deny you? Please do not give up on him. And if you're a Christian who's feeling weak and afraid, Paul says, if you suffer for Christ, you will reign with Christ. Therefore be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So when you're ashamed when you're when you're shamed by your parents for being Christian, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. When you're excluded at work for not celebrating Pride Month, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. When your non Christian partner wants to break up with you for being true Christian, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And when money and comfort look so much better than suffering for the gospel, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Let me pray. Gracious Father, thank you so much for the gift of the gospel. Help us to commit it to others and to remember Jesus when we suffer for it. Help us to be strong, not in our own strength, but in your Son's. And may we look towards the day your Son returns with great hope. This we pray. Amen.